Warning, the show you're about to listen to is real as fuck. If real as fuck offends you, please go to another podcast. You're listening to Mika Knows Unfiltered. Hey y'all, what's up? It's me, Mika Knows, and welcome back to another episode of Mika Knows Unfiltered. And it's time to get into some things. I know I didn't put out an episode last week, but that doesn't mean that we won't have just as much fun this week because we got a double episode. I'm going to cover multiple topics and we're going to do a double recap on Insecure. Now, Unemployment is coming to an end for a lot of Americans. But one specific group I want to focus on because I am actually a part of the group are the unemployed gig workers who are really self-employed. It's coming to an end within the next couple of months, June and July. And I just want to remind my fellow self-employed entrepreneurs that we do have a duty. I understand it's been a nice little break um, from having to grind so hard. Um, Honestly, we couldn't grind so hard, so we had an initial panic at first. But then, of course, pandering President Trump came in to somewhat save the day. And now, now we need to be gearing up to head back out. Now, I know some of you were like, well, no, we need to take full advantage. This government never cared about us before, so why shouldn't we drain them? Well, I feel that it is our patriotic duty to make sure that we get, you know, get back to working. And honestly, do you really want to be in this situation post-COVID? Well, post-COVID panic. Um... And I say that to mean, do you want to get to the point where you're so used to not working that your grind is gone? And I was thinking about that, like, I've been doing my little projects, but it's not like the everyday grind. It's not like getting up, hitting one gig, um, getting up and then doing another gig, you know, doing this, that, and the third, coming home at five, chilling out for a minute, then going back out to grind some more. Like, my grind level has dropped to like one 20th of where it was before and I think just for the sake of us being successful beyond this we do need to get into the habit and if you're thinking that the heroes act is going to pass without some alterations so you might get your unemployment extended to January don't think that I highly doubt it's going to go through um without any alteration to that honestly we don't need that alteration as a country and don't tell me what other countries are doing other countries also charge hella taxes a lot more than what you know our our country charges but um other countries are doing more for their people as far as giving a longer term financial you know assistance but my thing is, we already know what this country is. We're not going to compare it to other countries. In this country, you got to work, you got to grind, you got to do what you got to do. Um, things are opening back up. I personally don't want to do Uber or Lyft right now. Um, not for passengers. I'll do it for meals, but I don't want to do passengers because I'm not 
putting myself at risk. So, you know, that's just how I feel. All that coughing, hacking, and these people act crazy. I've never had someone act real crazy with me. But, and the chance that they do, I don't want to catch a case, y'all. I really don't. I don't want to catch a case. So, of course, I'm going to stick to the hustles which um, require little to no human contact. Um, And that's, you know, what I've been doing in my free time has been researching more hustles um, that require little to no human contact, you know, physical human contact. So, yeah, it is our patriotic duty to return back to work, period. If you decline any job offers, any official job offers, or um, you're not actively seeking work, you can be kicked off of unemployment or it can be determined that you owe a penalty. Not trying to scare you, just trying to be real. Uh, And listen, it's like a summer vacation back when you're in school. How long do you really want to be out of school? Because when I used to go on summer vacation, the first two weeks were fine. You know, a month and a half into the summer, I'm like, all right, all right, can we just go back? I'm ready to go back. That's kind of how I feel now. So it's it's about that time to get back on the grind. Um, So, yeah, let's just get back to it um next topic now what i mentioned in the previous couple of statements heroes act is still being worked on you know that's the second stimulus package that is going to increase the national debt um let's just talk about that the heroes act is supposed to be the solution to the cares act and where it lacked now i have the unpopular opinion regarding that and i'm gonna get to that in just a few but let's discuss some of the things going on with it so it has passed the house of representatives and now it must go through um the senate and it's not going to get past the senate the senate is republican based and remember the cares act didn't initially pass the senate they wanted some reevaluation of it so um but i think i want to say that was the democrat side that wanted the reevaluation because of how um in that in the cares act it included bailouts for companies but didn't require them to retain their employees I believe I forgot what it was, but it did. It did have to be edited. And I think this one needs to be edited, too. I'm going to tell you why. Yes, it seems like a great answer. You know, me, self-employed. Heck, yeah, I want another check. But at what cost? Okay. We're going to be so far in debt. First off, I think the first stimulus package was way too high. Not towards the citizens, but towards the businesses. Because some businesses that got the bailout. Um, some of them are still closed. They still closed down, um, still laid off employees. Their employees still got unemployment and still got the other stimulus check. And so these businesses basically pocketed it. Now, the super small businesses, you know, locals, they definitely deserved it. But the the big companies, the big dogs, um, franchises that got certain businesses that had never been through a bailout, had never needed one I don't think that should have gone to them now that may be my liberal side but um certain companies got money and honestly it should have been more geared towards just the citizens um instead of it like not so much towards the businesses but more so towards the citizens and the smaller businesses but bigger businesses should not have gotten anything 
or should have gotten less of a bailout because the bailout was based off of certain criteria and different businesses got different amounts. So you got mom and pop over there that maybe got like, you know, a couple hundred thousand, but then you got like big dogs that got millions. You know what I'm saying? And it's just ridiculous. And as we've seen, Carly Red's, um, I don't know if y'all follow Love and Hip Hop, but her husband soon to be ex-husband was caught using his small businesses, um, using a loan he took out for his small business, which he only got because of this whole situation, um, to do different things with it, to fund his luxurious lifestyle. And, you know, now he's locked up, but I guarantee you there's more business owners out there that need that same attention um yeah so you know a couple trillion dollars was it three trillion three trillion dollars and added to the the country's debt and most of that did not go directly to the people and when I say to the people I mean the working class the working class and the middle class are the two classes um that have the hardest time recovering in times of chaos and pandemic now the upper middle class and the upper class you know that high elitist group uh they normally fare through but this is supposed to be this is like and you know people some people say well everyone should get it there's reasons why everyone shouldn't get it you know they they put a salary cap to it and it's understandable because the working class is barely able to save I'm a part of the working class, so I'm aware. Um, a lot of us live paycheck to paycheck. When we are able to save, something happens with our car, it breaks down, and then there goes the savings. Um, granted, we do need to take some accountability and build up our savings more and try to eliminate unnecessary um, unnecessary bills, but it's a lot harder when you're sitting there making the, the lowest amounts now you get someone who is you know making six or seven figures and they probably spend 1200 a week not make spend a week okay and you know I mean I I mean I agree they don't need they didn't need the 1200 it's easier for them to have a bailout. But let's not get caught up in these bailouts, y'all, because they bail you out to keep you poor. They bail you out and then open the stores that they know you're going to spend your money on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What they do? They did the bailout, right? Everybody started getting their checks, but some checks were delayed, right? Some people didn't have checking accounts. That's what they were waiting for. Those people that aren't able to get checking accounts or aren't responsible enough to get checking accounts or for some reason just don't have a checking account for them to get their payments. And once they got their payments, stuff started opening up. You saw that, right? Different stores, you know, not essential stores, clothing stores, shoe stores, everything, you know, restaurants. Because we want you broke motherfuckers to pay your stimulus back. I don't want you to think about your rent. Hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Here's some rental assistance for you. We don't want you to think about your rent. Don't get caught up in the assistance, y'all. What you should be doing is if you've acquired more than you normally would because of this whole situation, you better bank that shit. Don't be buying all this stuff. 
The reason why is because they're expecting you to remain the working class. They don't want to bail you out to build you up. They want to bail you out to keep you down. Okay. So while you're getting a $1,200 stimulus and while I hope not another stimulus payout bank it. That is not for you to spend on shoes. That is not for you to spend on clothes. You bank it and you keep that emergency fund because I guarantee you things are going to happen. Okay. And you might need some money and you're going to remember when you had an extra $1,200 or if you got kids, you know, with this new heroes act, an extra 3000 or $5,000, you're going to remember that time when you had it and blew it. Hell, I still remember the time I blew a $3,000 commission check you know, in like two days. Don't judge me. I just knew I was going to get another $3,000 commission check next month. And I did, but I blew that one too. But we're not going to talk about young, dumb Tamika. We're going to talk about what's going on right now. (laughs) And right now, what y'all need to know is if we don't get it together, we're going to fall apart. Okay. So we need to bank it. Hashtag bank it because you will need that money. This is not for you to spend on dumb shit to fund their pockets. You're not lining the pockets of your fellow working class. You're lining the pockets of the business owners. Okay? You're lining the pockets of the bank owners. You know? Some of y'all are going to ATMs. Y'all so eager to get to that money. You ain't even going to... To an in-network ATM. You go into the ATM at the gas station. You're lining the pockets of these banks and these ATM. You know what I'm saying? Like, just think about this. This is an advance. But it will not go without punishment, without cost. Keep it, bank it, and wait for the fallout. And if there is no fallout, what the fuck do you have to lose? Okay? If there's no fallout, the only thing you lost is the dumb shit you would have bought, messed up, and thrown away eventually anyway. But you still got your money. And if there is no fallout and you don't have to spend any money, once you've determined it's safe enough to spend, you're going to be thankful you listen to me. Now, let's get to the unpopular opinion of mine. I don't want another here. I don't want a hero's act. I think while another payment would be very helpful, especially to someone like me, um, I don't think this particular act is without flaw. It definitely has flaws. Um, This one is set to include dependents from 17 to 24. And I think that's good because a lot of dependents are taxpaying citizens. And that and that that's good. However, it does also include undocumented workers. And while I'm definitely pro um, anyone coming to the U.S. and contributing, I don't believe in non-taxpaying people benefiting from tax-funded programs. I just don't. And because it drains the program, so more is coming out than what's going in. And a lot of people have issue with my opinion on that. Um, But it's not a racist one because I apply that to all undocumented people and anyone that doesn't pay taxes. If you ain't worked in 10 years, there's no reason you need a bailout unless you are disabled or, you know, too old to work. But if you are fully able, if you're physically able and mentally capable, there's no reason 
that you haven't worked in 10 years. And there's people out there like it. Y'all know these people. Or let's say they have worked in 10 years, right? Yeah, they working, they working, but what are they not doing paying taxes? You know, I know some people that don't even file taxes. I don't know how they get away with it. Well, they get paid under the table. But you don't get a bailout once you get paid under the table. Because that extra money that you're pocketing from getting paid under the table, which would normally come out in taxes, like your your normal garnished taxes that are taken out of your paycheck every week, or if you're self-employed, the taxes that you pay at the end of the year. That would contribute and therefore make you, in my eyes, eligible to receive tax-funded assistance. But when you're not contributing to the taxes, you're, you're pocketing extra stuff that the working class people that actually pay taxes and the self-employed people that are still working class um, that pay taxes at the end of the year or, or carry tax bills have funded. You don't deserve it. So it's not just for undocumented people, but non-taxpaying people you can be an american citizen if you're not paying taxes because you don't found some damn loophole you don't deserve a bailout period if your business has come up with zero tax liability because you know how to work the system your business does not deserve a bailout period and y'all can say what y'all want to say oh well we need to care about everybody not just the citizens well how about this Everyone needs to be a citizen or they need to at least be a tax paying person. I'm not against undocumented people becoming documented. I actually would hope that the process becomes a lot easier because once we take in more taxes, we can do more things. And even with the horrible people getting their cut off the top, we'll still be able to have some trickle down to the working class and um, middle class people. But not if we keep funding every fucking body. So what we need to do, one, and this is where my conservative people will have a problem, <laughs> but what we need to do is fix the protocol for which we can allow people to become document, documented legal citizens or, you know, temporary residents of America. Because if they work here, let them work and let them make decent wages and let them pay taxes because their taxes are our taxes. And when we get our taxes, we can do more things we can fund more things but now this is where the liberals have a problem if they're not willing to pay taxes if they don't want to become documented taxpayers then no they should not get a bailout because the bailout is for the tax paper taxpayers that are in need not the undocumented person that didn't put in. So this is like, let's look at it like this so I can explain it a little better for some of y'all that are just like, <laughs> oh my God, she sound like a Trump supporter. No, definitely not. But let's break it down. So me, Susie, and Harry all put $10 into a bank account, right? And every week we put more $10 in there, right? And then something happens right and we we need to take money from there now me maybe maybe i need the money but harry he don't need the money because he's been doing well at his job he just got a raise he's making a lot he's like no i don't need the money and Susie, she kind of needs it kind of doesn't could probably get by but you know she's middle class she she needs the money so she's like yeah well i need it and then me i'm like working class i'm like i need it too so me and Susie need it. Did I say Susie to start? I don't know. But me, Susie, and Harry. So me and Susie need it. 
And then Harry, he doesn't need it. So his money is in there and we get to benefit off of the money he deposited. However, here comes Julie. And Julie, she ain't put no money in this account, but she knows about it. You know, she lives down the street and she knows about it. She's in our, our little group of friends, right? So Julie, Harry, Susie, and me. Now, Julie is like, well, I know I ain't put no money in the account, but I need some. And, you know, Harry doesn't even need his portion. But it's like, Julie, you ain't put shit in on this, man. No, you can't get none of it. And I know that's a hard way to look at it, but Julie, what do you really need? Let me see why why you need this, because you're not paying taxes out of each check like the rest of us. Or, in my case, you're, you don't have a tax bill that you're paying on every fucking month because you actually did do well and did make good the year prior and you don't have any kids because I don't have any kids so ain't no deductions for me but my car note and whatever tax and whatever business expenses I can file you see what I'm saying so anyway I'm looking at Julie like Julie you crazy you don't get nothing out of this account I'm, I'm, I might decide personally that maybe I want to give Julie a hundred dollars or whatever but she's not entitled to this account so I say that to compare that to what's going on. Undocumented people, untaxed paying people do not get a piece of the account. Now, I do believe that, in, and there are actual organizations out there for illegal immigrants or to help undocumented people and, you know, un unemployed people, but, you know, they can't get government assistance. There are agencies out there that help y'all. There are. And... A lot of those are not tax funded and should not be tax funded. They are funded by donations, by nonprofit businesses. And that is where the money should come from voluntarily, not involuntarily because you didn't put in on this man. And that's how I feel. And if you don't like it, well, that's cool. Give them your money out of your pocket. But I taxpaying citizen who does not like I barely get a refund and it ain't even on certain levels. Like I might get an extra hundred. I might owe at the end, at the end of last year, I owed year before that I owed and the year before that I owed. Okay. And still paying on it. That's my business. My, my fault. I will pay on it, but that doesn't mean that I'm willing to look at Julie over here who didn't put this $10 in this account. Talk about she needs some of it. No, Julie, Julie, Harry said that he could give you $20 or he could give you $100, but this actual account, you don't get anything out of it. And we will not consider you when thinking about how to divvy this up. That's all I'm saying. You can like it or hate it. I'm just being real. Anyway, so yeah, that's how I feel about the stimulus package. It does need some editing. Certain people that are non-tax paying should be left out or... Another solution I came up with when talking to a friend of mine is that if they want, if, if the HEROES Act goes through, it should be required that all undocumented people that benefit from the payout must begin paying taxes. So there must be some sort of documentation that they have to get to pay taxes. Um, and it, it needs to be a deducted tax. And in some way, we need to be able to track and collect so if we're going to bail out the people that do not contribute to the taxes currently, we need to require that they contribute to taxes going forward with penalty, with great penalty so that it actually matters. 
See, I think some of y'all think that certain laws are meant to target, and they are. Certain laws are meant to target certain races, but there are some penalties that I find to be helpful. Without a speeding ticket penalty, without a speeding ticket penalty, most of y'all would just drive like bats out of hell, okay? Just flying down the highway, okay? And a lot of y'all still do, but you get tickets and you get mad. And, you know, you try to remember next time you see a cop, let me slow down. You know what I'm saying? So if we do decide to include everybody, I think everybody should be required to pay taxes going forward and should be documented and tracked like the rest of us with social security numbers. Period. That's how I feel. Now, and and, and the friend I was talking to said, well, why shouldn't, you know, people with visas, why shouldn't they get paid off? I said, I ain't say nothing about people with visas. They got a working visa. They're probably getting taxes taken out of their check. So they definitely deserve a payout. This is not about all immigrants or all, you know, people that don't have socials. If they are working and they're documented, documented workers, they're more than likely getting taxes taken out and they deserve a bailout. What I'm talking about are the people that get paid under the table, do not contribute to taxes. They don't deserve a bailout, period. They don't. I don't care if they're citizens or not. If you ain't pay, if you ain't put in on this, you don't deserve it. Period. That's all I got to say. Now I did go to the casino this past weekend. Well, it wasn't the weekend actually. It was um Wednesday through Friday. My mother received an invitation, so we went there. And I was a little skeptical because this is the first place I've really been to since this whole virus started. And I was just interested in seeing how everything was gonna go. My mom's room was free. We didn't take a bu- a bunch of money. Um, I basically just like, you know, me being in my situation, I just kinda hung off of her coattail, chilling, um, enjoying the perks of being in the casino. And let me tell y'all, it was okay. But I did leave feeling away, but I'll get to that later. Um, the casino, so before, when we went up to the mountain, we went to Cherokee, Harris Cherokee Casino and Resort. And I think it's near Murphy, North Carolina. I'm not sure. Um, when we got to the mountain, we tried to stop at the shopping center. They weren't letting anyone that wasn't a tribal member or that wasn't a resident of the Cherokee Reservation shop. So that was a little daunting. I thought they were a little lax up in North Carolina as far as the coronavirus went. But I guess I wasn't paying too good of attention to the news because no, girl, (laughs) no, they had it on lock. So we go to the casino, right? The normal entrances aren't open. They have everything redirected. So before we can even park, they had this little setup where they have a little gate set up and everything. Not a little gate, but like a little... What's called little little I guess um tower no 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 security area a little security shack with a little lever thing that goes up and down anyway they have that set up and so we get to it and they're taking like our temperature they're telling us the rules and they're giving us masks and I didn't expect it to be that much of lockdown. Cause you know, when you go to the casino, it's smoking everywhere. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody pats you down for, um, weapons. All they do, all they do is make sure you're 21. So for them to be this secure, I was like, okay, okay. 
trying to make sure that liability doesn't fall on them. I see you. So they take our temperature, and if your temperature was normal, you were granted access. You had to get a wristband, and your wristband must remain on. That's the only wristband you're going to get. So you had to shower in the wristband, you know, basically. Basically, they wanted to make sure that the people that were there were supposed to be there and were already vetted. So, yes. Temperature was taking everything, but then I'm still kind of like, all right. I put my mask on. You have to wear a mask inside. You're not permitted on the premise, not even to the hotel portion, without a mask. So, anyway, we go in there. You know, the workers have on masks and everything. There was no valet so you had to self-park but it was fine because there was plenty of parking spaces they only sent out a few invitations to keep the keep the attendance low but still i guess profitable (laughs) and then we go in there now first thing i noticed everyone's cleaning something like everyone is cleaning something and it smells so good because i like the smell of cleaning sprays it smells Mm, it smells just so clean and fresh. So I'm just like, yeah, okay, I see you. And one of the rules was no smoking, but I didn't really understand how good it would feel to be in a casino with no smoking. Because, you know, most of the casino is smoking allowed, except for a small non-smoking area, which is normally too small to even want to sit in. Um. So, yeah. So everyone's cleaning something. We go to our room. Um, and then we go to the casino floor. We have our mask on. We have everything on. Me personally, I bought these little gloves that I could change out of. I bought 100 gloves to waste. And that is kind of how I went from machine to machine changing out gloves. Um, I would have my slot hand, which was gloved, and my non-slot hand, which was for my drink. And I didn't touch anything with my non-slot hand. And my slot hand touches the button. And uh, listen, I was trying to be safe, okay? So I was doing the most. But remember, y'all, I was sick at the beginning of March. So I'm not trying to get sick again. And you couldn't eat on the casino floor, but that's fine. No, it wasn't. Because I like to eat a slice of pizza while I'm on the slot machines. Like, pulling and biting. Pulling and biting. But you really can't pull and bite when you're trying to make sure you don't cross-contaminate your stuff. But um, it was fun. The machines were very tight. So that was, you know, uh. But I really wasn't there to gamble too much. I was really there to enjoy the time and see what it's like um, actually, you know, being in the casino when they have all these restrictions. And the non-smoking was so good. Normally, I leave the casino with a little throat irritation because of all the cigarette smoke. And so that's why I don't go as much. But this time, it was so nice. I was like, ooh, I still hope, I hope it's like this on my birthday. You know, like when I plan to go again, I hope it's like that on my birthday because I like the no smoking and the machines. So they cut off the machines to give people enough space. I thought it was going to be every other machine, but it was more like this machine is on three machines down. That machine is on. So that's how they did it with the slots. They didn't have poker and I was pissed, but I get it. They didn't have like the actual poker room. They had some tables set up, Mississippi stud, three card poker, blackjack, um, roulette, and craps they had those set up but they had a limit to how many people could be at a table so i think it was like three people at a table as opposed to the normal six to nine people that can be in a table game 
So it was just three. But it was nice. I mean, people kept their distance. Everyone wore their mask. I didn't see anyone not wearing a mask, which is good. Um, everyone basically followed the rules. But if you saw those big old, you know, Indian reservation security guards, you follow the rules too. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, it saddens me that I come back into South Carolina and the masks are just automatically off. No one gives a care. The masks are only required. I mean, only recommended, not required. I think the mask wearing should be required inside establishments, but you have restaurants that are just recommending masks. They're not requiring it. And remember, I was talking about the fights that broke out from different businesses in other states where the mask was required. And now they want to adjust that so people don't get angry. No motherfucker like I went to the hair store and I call it the hair store it's a beauty supply store but I went to the hair store and no one had on a fucking mask not one motherfucking person and at this particular hair store the main customer is black and black people y'all are twice as likely to die from the coronavirus than any other race and y'all don't have on we don't have on masks I got on a mask though I'm a sister I know my risks but we didn't have on any mask. And let me not even talk about Gaston. Don't nobody have on mask. When I went to the grocery store, no one had on a mask. Like, really? No one is going to wear a mask? Like, not one person? Except for the cashiers. The cashiers and the workers, it was kind of selective who had on a mask and who didn't. First off, I'm going to keep wearing my mask. And I recommend that y'all keep wearing y'alls when, you know, you're going to be around people, period. I don't know why it's it's not being promoted right now to keep the mask on or why people aren't doing it. But y'all, we're not out of the woods. And that leads me to what I left the casino feeling. I left the casino with an understanding, with a, a new way of thinking. Um, initially I was waiting to ride out the coronavirus, but this virus isn't going anywhere. No one listens. There wasn't enough quarantine in America. Um, and it's going to be around for a while. Funny enough, you know, the Spanish flu, which took place back in 1918, lasted through 1920 and something, um, was a hundred years ago. So a hundred years later, we're going through a new pandemic. And it's not going to go anywhere, y'all. It's not. So instead of waiting it out, my new way of thinking is to figure out how to live. I guess in... I don't want to say like live with it because I don't have it as far as I know. As far as any of us know, we don't have it. But um, my new thing is to try to live... You know, with the possibility of contracting it, just like we live with the flu. And so I'm still going to be a little germophobic little heifer. I don't care. I don't care how I look with my mask. I'm going to keep getting masked. I don't care. It just is what it is. And I'm going to restrict. You know, I don't want to go to bars because, you know, the bar people, very nice, always drunk and always want to touch, hug and kiss you. Everybody, men and women, always want to touch, hug and kiss you. Oh, hey, girl, kiss on the cheek. Like, why are we kissing on the cheek? No, it's probably how I got the flu two years ago. No, it's definitely from my Uber passengers. Yeah, 
damn college students. I know it's one of them because they're the only ones that cough, cough open mouth without covering anything in the car and won't roll down a window to save their life. But, um, anyway, yeah, so certain places I will be staying away from, but the grind has to continue. So I have to get back to the grind. Um, you know, according to some people that are fellow drivers, um, who drove despite the cost outweighing the income, um, they're finally hanging up their stuff. Some people are just now going back out after months of not going out. And some people are hanging it up. I'm trying to see what that's like. But again, I have been working on other hustles and side gigs. And that's what I'm going to focus on. Evolving the grind. Because right now, it's a little crazy out there. And I'd rather not run into people and be as safe as possible. But I am going to try to live with this situation happening. So... That's my new thought process. It ain't going nowhere, y'all. So we're gonna have to try to cope and deal with it. Be a little be a little better about washing our hands. Be a little better about touching other people and about letting other people touch us. Be a little better about where we eat, how we eat, and what we do. Period. It's not going anywhere. This is a change of life. And we need to get used to it um, and adapt to it that is why we have been here as humans for so long we have adapted invented and revolutionized everything so we're gonna take a break but after that it's cure recap All right, y'all, welcome back to Mika Knows Unfiltered. It's time for the Insecure Recap. Times two. Uh, Because I didn't do an episode last week, we got to cover episode six of Insecure and episode seven of Insecure. So let's get to it. Okay, so we come into episode six with Issa, and it seems this episode was all about Issa's side of everything. Not necessarily of the argument, but just Issa's point of view this episode. So I did like that. Um, she was reflecting on the argument. She, you know, is thinking about the actual words that Molly said about how selfish she is. And I think that really resonated with her. I'll get to that later. But she seems so very sad. Like she wants to apologize. But that damn mirror, Issa, you know, the chick in the mirror that normally just raps with her. But for some reason, this season, Mirror Issa has been an instigator, which is actually a reflection of internal Issa, who is really telling herself all that selfish, toxic shit. But I don't like Mirror Issa. She's doing too much, okay? Now, someone needs to apologize because the stubbornness from both ends is what's really going to prove to be very damaging. Issa doesn't want to apologize. Molly don't want to apologize. Nobody want to apologize. And it's like, really? Like, y'all been friends this long, and y'all really gonna let that go? So, I mean, I know what it is. I've been there, and I definitely let people go, but I don't have any friends that have been with me for, you know, years and years and years. You know what I mean? Like, long as I kept a good close friend was, like, two years. And they always screw up. I'm better off alone. But I'm not them. I'm not Issa and Molly. Like, Issa and Molly? You know what I mean? I mean, friendship is definitely a good thing to have it's an asset if done right and Issa and Molly really do need each other and their crew will suffer if they don't 
they don't become friends again. Like they're messing up the dynamic. Now Nathan, his fine ass. Yes, I'm, I'm happy to see him in the episode. Him and Issa being friends. You know, sometimes friends is the best way to be with someone someone you may have wanted in the past or still want a little bit you know sometimes friendship is enough okay um I like that they're friends and that he's advising Nisa Issa he seems to be back in the right space mentally you know which is good um Issa her trying to prove that she's not selfish like Molly said in the argument she did some dumb shit now she's trying to prove by doing all this selfless all these selfless acts and you know it just bothered me to see her try so hard to prove someone wrong she knows she's not selfish 100% but she's kind of selfish we're all kind of selfish you know what I mean um she's just doing it a little too much lately I do agree with Molly in the sense that she is a little too selfish lately but rightfully so she had something to accomplish and she did the damn thing with it um, but I didn't like how Issa tried to start helping just random people just to prove she's not selfish. Like me, I don't do selfless things unless my spirit tells me. So I can see 10 people walking on the street. But once I get that voice in my head, that's like, hey girl, offer them a ride. If I don't get that, I don't do it. And I've had that several times and offered them a ride, ended up fine, nothing bad happening. But I follow, I follow the spirit the spirit okay if my body don't tell me if my spirit don't tell me i don't do it so i didn't like Issa trying to seek out selfless things to do because that in itself is selfish because you're trying to prove that you're not selfish when in fact if it if the intention is messed up doesn't matter how good the deed is it's all about the intention. And it wasn't to help people. It was to prove that she wasn't selfish. So bad intentions, bad thing to do. Um, but another thing is the people, they're so nasty sometimes when you help them out or so entitled. The chick took advantage that she was going to, someone was going to care enough about her to pay for her groceries. And it ended up being 200 Then she had the nerve to try to shame Issa about her card getting declined. That's why I don't buy stuff for people now. You know what I'm saying? Like, if my car get declined, I'm going to feel away. And I don't want your needy ass pitying me. No. I didn't like that. And she tried to pick up the old man running for the bus. He get in the car being an asshole straight up. Like, he don't even care. He just gets in the car talking about, you going to help a nigga out? Help a nigga then. Or something like that. Whatever he said. I didn't like that. So, after Issa's failed attempts at trying to be selfish and you know getting these two ungrateful motherfuckers she you know tries to fly solo does a paint and sip meet some people and she sees good energy right when we see good energy sometimes we want to hang out we're like oh look at you all happy we should be friends now fuck that them girls they got her to go out and then they dined and dash because one of the chicks was getting married and that was on their list to befriend a stranger and to dine and dash and extra points if you combine two things. So these hoes made her think she had friends and then was she was left with the check. Okay. She also ignored Kelly's phone call and then finally called Kelly back just to hear that she was, you know, Kelly was holding her accountable for her actions with her friend and neither Issa nor Molly is going to be accountable. They're just going to blame the other person. Even though I feel Issa's more at fault. Just because of the way she is sometimes. But then Molly's at fault because she knows she's the more mature one and still wants to be childish. It's really crazy. But it's like who 
it's it's an equal fault, I guess. Um, but anyway, yeah. So she ignored Kelly during that time, hanging out with them damn girls. Oh, girl left her in the bathroom, and then they dined and dashed. Now I was pissed when I saw Issa go beat those hoes asses, and then turns out that she didn't. That was all in her head. I hate sequences like that in tv shows where they think something happened and you're like oh yeah and then you're like oh that didn't happen uh plays with my emotions like remember remember at the end of it was either the end of the first season or the end of the second season where Issa just has this this dream and it, it, you think the show is over honestly you think the whole series is over she it shows her and Lawrence and him proposing and then their baby and then their future life and you're like oh my god like I was in tears just for it to be a fucking figment of her imagination it pissed me off I don't like that now, um, I love seeing Issa seek out advice from her mom because black girls and their mom, they go through some of the worst relationships. And it's, it's nice to see that their bond is strong because you know the first season she's like did you call mom yeah me neither and so you kind of think like maybe there's a fractured relationship several seasons later you still don't see mom and then finally we see mom this season but there's not a whole bunch of connection but this episode was perfect because she actually sought her mom's advice which was some you know good advice good information obviously it healed her a little bit and um I thought that was good now I know somebody out there is probably saying like you know some non-black listener which i appreciate y'all but if you're in your head talking about well that's not just black moms and daughters all women and daughters go through that shut your entitled ass up okay just because you're left out doesn't mean or just because you're not referenced doesn't mean nobody cares it just means that that's what i identify with and wanted to touch on so shut the fuck up like, I can only speak from my experience. And my experience is that it seems to be with black moms and black daughters, you know, there's a lot going on. Like, with black moms, it seems like their sons are their pride and joy and their daughters are just, like, and I th- I feel like they're trying to make sure their daughters didn't don't make the same mistakes that they do. Like, they hold their daughters up to these high, high-ass fucking standards. Standards they didn't even fucking follow themselves. But, you know, and that kind of strains the relationship especially like with me and my mom so she had me at 19 and you know it it gets to be a bother I try to respect my mom but we argued like five times the other day you know what I mean but I still bought her some wings at the end of the day because she's stuck so I don't really care she ain't going nowhere she can be mad all she want to um she's stuck with me but you know I try, um, when I was younger, I used to hate it, get mad, go on my feelings, but now I get mad, but then I'm like, all right, time to repair this. Like, we're not going to go into day two of being angry, period. Um, yeah, so anyway, I just like seeing Issa and her mom bond. Um, Issa, seeing that feedback online about her, her black party was a good moment of the episode because now you can see how reassured she was by reading all of that. And you just know, you could just feel that she's going to do more. And I want her to do more because who the fuck wants to be an employee when you can be a boss, okay? And that's what she's doing by running this shit is being a boss. I like that. Um, The final scene when she sees Molly at the food spot is another reason of why I think, you know, the friendship is is uh, is just going toxic because like Issa so damn determined not to cave in and apologize 
that she just runs the other way. Like, why run from your problems? Address them. Address them. You could be like, well, she should know. Well, he should know. Well, he or she is not going to know until you say something. Well, I don't want to hear their mouth. Okay, but listen, you're going to hear their mouth. Eventually, when y'all try to reconnect, you're going to hear their mouth, but it's going to be a whole lot worse than had you said something sooner. But, you know, everybody just keep being toxic and not saying anything. That works. But, um, you know, I didn't like that scene because I know I've been there when I tried to avoid a friend I don't want to talk to and then nothing gets resolved. Um, so now I'm all about communicating and confronting, um, and watching my tone so that my message can be heard clear. Some people, they're always going to think you're arguing and those are the people you don't need in your lives, like close to you, like keep them as associates. That's what I do. I keep those people that think I'm always trying to argue instead of hearing my point. I keep them as associates, except for my mom. She stuck with me. Like I said, <laughs> she stuck like Chuck. Nobody told her to have me and she stuck with me. Damn it. But anyway, yeah, so that was episode six. Now, episode seven is was all about Molly, and I liked I liked seeing Molly at the forefront. Um, so we landed with episode seven starting with Issa just leaving the Ethiopian spot and Molly seeing her. And I was wondering at the end of episode six, like, did Molly see her? I think she saw her. Like, Issa was there too long. Like, I'm sure she looked around. I always look around when I'm out, so I know Molly looked around. And episode seven confirmed, yeah, Molly saw her. And Molly was clearly heartbroken that Issa didn't even come in. But um, in all her heartbrokenness, she still ain't going to call Issa. And Issa still ain't going to call her. They're both dumb. They're letting their relationship that has been building for years, probably decades, just fall apart. And I, I don't like that. I don't like that. Because if there's anything a woman needs is at least one confidant. And that's what they had. And, you know... They're just letting it go. Now, I do want to just congratulate Molly on letting her and Asian Bay Andrew continue to be happy even after the initial blunder. Like, I love this. They're taking vacations, not vacations, but vacations. That is beautiful to me. And to me, vacations are kind of serious. Like, once I take a vacation with you and we're going to be sleeping, you know, in the same bed, spending money on each other, doing all this stuff, I'm just kind of like, we go together. Like, we together forever now. Like, that's how I feel. And I like that because clearly Andrew took the hint and he's wanting to move, you know, towards a more serious outcome and i like that um the only thing is y'all gotta be careful with taking dudes on vacations because some dudes like from the hood they be like oh yeah i like to travel but boy you ain't even been out your hood like you ain't even been out the city you ain't been out your state tell me what you like to travel you just been to myrtle beach like <laughs> that's not traveling but um yeah, so sometimes they'll make you think it's more serious, but they really just want to get out of town. They don't really want you like that. They want to have a vacation because they want to travel. Now nah, you good, bro. Stay your ass home. Um, I like that it was a couple's trip, and Molly got to meet the in-laws, um, well, the brother and his wife. That's serious. Like, you know, that's that's something, taking a, a couple vacation. That's And I normally equate the seriousness of something by how much money is involved sometimes. Like, if you take me on a date and you don't really spend much, I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. If I take you on a date and I don't really sp spend much, I'm just, you know, it just, 
maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not the into you. Maybe you're not the into me. I don't know. Or maybe you just like the spot. But my first initial thought is, eh, it's just, it's just a date. But then it's like, if you take me somewhere and you spend a couple hundred or we take a vacation, we spend a couple thousand. I'm just like, oh, you like me, like me. Cause the people I deal with are working in middle class, you know, it's not upper middle class or the upper class. It's just working in middle class. So if they're spending that type of money, it's serious. Okay. Now, if I meet an athlete with an F, an athlete or a superstar or something like that, and he spends a couple thousand, that's nothing because they have millions. So, um, the thought is always appreciated, but I measure it by how much sacrifice there it goes. It's not the money. It's the sacrifice that someone makes for you. Like if you, cause it does go to like jobs too. If you normally work overtime, cause I know the value of overtime. Okay. So if you normally work overtime and you, <laughs> You take off your regular day of working your overtime on that Saturday just to spend it with me? I love you. <laughs> Not really, okay. Anyway, yeah, so clearly Andrew is all in. Um, and Molly, with her little stuffy conservative ass, letting him touch her on the plane. Oh, my God, Molly. And then apparently they have this freaky assignment. Molly brings lingerie, like, Molly has a banging body. Like, she don't wear lingerie all the time. She definitely wears lingerie all the time. Okay, so that wasn't really freaky. But then here goes Andrew. Andrew, like, breaks out the Lilo. Okay, we all know Lilo is a luxury silicone brand. Like, the toys are covered in silicone. So, go ahead, Andrew. He was ready. I love it. He's willing to balance her stuffiness out. And that is so beautiful to me. Because the effort he's putting in, you only put in when you give a fuck. You know what I mean? And um, so Nathan calls Andrew, right? And then Molly acts all funky when she realizes Issa is in Nathan's background. And then she tries to bring down the energy. But you don't bring your negative energy on vacation, okay? B-vacation, okay? Um, you leave that at home. And... Andrew, I expected him to be kind of blip, but you know, he kind of checked her and got her back on track. Like, girl, you trying to be negative, but guess what? You're not. You're not going to be negative. Not this trip. And just when I thought Molly was done trying to sabotage her own trip comes the racism issue. Now, granted, I totally agree with Molly. That woman didn't ask the previous couple for a room key. So why the hell are you asking me? It better not be because I'm black. Um... You know, Andrew's brother kind of messes it up even more when he comes, shows the card key, and then refuses to see it Molly's way. You know, and that's normally the response we get from our friends of other races. When we experience something racist, they're just like, oh, no, it can't be that. Like, no, it could be that. It could definitely be that. And he explains it as, well, maybe she was just really intense about her job. And, of course, Molly isn't accepting that because we go through it so often that we know it when we see it. We're already thinking about it happening. And so, you know, Molly's just kind of not accepting that. And then he's he's like, well, Asians deal with racism too. Like, first off, I hate when a motherfucker says, well, we go through that too. This ain't about you right now. This is about me and my feelings. I get that y'all go through it. But right now, in this moment, y'all aren't going through it. I am. And I feel away. So hear me out, damn it. And dis let's just agree to disagree. But don't keep talking about or trying to invalidate my feelings. That's why I ain't got no best friend now. That's all she did, child. That's all she tried to do. I would tell her one thing. Well, girl, shut up. Okay? Everything isn't all 
freaking sunshine and rainbows like this shit actually happens you don't see it because you're not the victim of it and and let's clarify i never like to be a victim i don't stay mad about this shit too long i get petty even like i don't get even by being violent but i get even by being petty right so like like let me give you all some examples like if it was if it was something like with the towel lady the towel lady wouldn't see my room key I would have went, got my room key, showed it to her, got my towel, and then either A, tipped another lady. I don't even care who the bitch is. Like, I just would have tipped her. Like, if she's a towel lady, drink lady, I would have tipped her, but big enough and clear enough so that the towel lady sees that she didn't get the tip right away. But that's okay, because I'm going to come tip the towel lady, too. See, what I'm going to do is wipe my makeup, my gel, and my hair. Wipe that shit on the towel. So I'm bringing that towel back nasty as fuck. I'm going to use that towel to the fullest. Bring it back. Give it to her in her hand before she has a chance to let it drop to the counter. And then I'm going to tip her 99 cents in change. Fuck her. That's how you deal with it. That might be a toxic way to deal with it. I don't know, y'all, but that's that's my nice, nasty way of dealing with it. I'm not going to ruin the trip because I got fine-ass Andrew, Asian Bay, and, you know, his in-laws. Like, I'm not about to ruin the trip. I know my feelings are valid, but guess what? I'm going to get even. I'm about to hand that bitch a 99-cent tip. Shit, she better hope I don't have... I need to start keeping a dollar worth of pennies with me so the bitch that treats me like shit can get that tip instead. Count them shits out, bitch. But, um... Yeah, so that kind of put a damper on things, um, you know. But, yeah, I know Molly's point of view because, you know, other races always try to invalidate your feelings. Now, when whenever, you know, I've had Hispanic friends and, you know, that have expressed some things, you know, about racism happening with them. Like my homegirl, she was going through a thing where she was trying to get her visa renewed when uh, tax, when what was it the DACA I said tax I meant to say Trump <laughs> Trump tax same difference when uh Trump took office and then the all the DACA people had issues with their with their working visa and everything getting them renewed like if you didn't renew it before all that shit changed you were in trouble and um you know she was talking about like stuff she was going through how she really had to fight for it how she never had to fight for that before like that and you know I didn't invalidate her shit because you know the way I feel is you know well, not with getting your stuff renewed, but she had views on undocumented people. Um, like they should be treated equally. I, I kind of felt like undocumented people should be treated equally till they give equal contributions to the government as far as taxes, because my broke ass is paying. So your broke ass should pay. But I didn't take the moment that she was venting about you know, her and what she had to go through and how undocumented people have to go through so much and this, that, and the third. I didn't take that to voice my opinions. I didn't take that to try to invalidate anything she was saying. I listened and I, you know, reassured her that it's going to be okay because she herself was a taxpaying citizen. Well, taxpaying temporary resident. But, um, you know, she had such trouble and um, actually her experience helped me realize that I do want, you know, anyone in this country to be a part of the country, but just I want them to contribute taxes too. like the process should be a lot easier, especially when they want to do good. When they want to do good things. They should be allowed to join. But anyway, I never tried to invalidate her shit or be like, well, black people got it worse. Like, no, I mean, I hear a lot of people like with gay people you know they say they compare their struggle to racism and compare their struggle to how black folks had to fight for their freedoms and stuff like that and i'm just like well it's not the same thing but 
I never say that to people who are in the moment. I'm not going to invalidate your feelings. Those are your feelings and they're very valid. Okay. For you, they're very valid and it's not my time to demean you and, and just shoot your shit down just because I don't have the experience in it or I feel a different way. No, I'm going to be a friend. I'm going to listen. And, and, that, and that's all you should do. So when Andrew's brother was saying, well, you don't know, da, 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 it's kind of like, nah, shut the fuck up. You don't, you don't know what you're talking about. Don't invalidate my shit. Cause if it were the other way around, you'd be livid, lit fucking livid like like other races do when you see them in videos being all nasty and rude to black employees that um are just following their rules right they're just following their rules but now you want to throw a bitch fit and be so entitled but it's wrong for us to be entitled to shut the fuck up no no equal is equal if you gonna check my car check everybody's car period I don't care about you checking my card, but check, do that same shit to everybody. Don't just do it to me. Do it to everybody. At least make it seem like you give a fuck about everybody. At least attempt to fake like you checking other cards. God damn it, make an effort. Not just the blatant, disrespectful, racist ass action like that. I'm sorry. I'm getting angry. All right. Um, but yeah, so getting back to the point, um, you know, Molly, it, Molly made a reference to, cause a, um, Andrew's brother was like, Oh, you know, I'm a minority too, or I, you know, I'm a person of color. She, and she, and she was right when she said, y'all only consider yourselves person or people of color when it benefits you, because that is the thing I see. It's just like, sometimes I get angry about the whole Afro Latina thing because, um, the darker ones like Juju and Amara La Negra, you know, who are clearly, very dark um they live with it but then you got people like cardi or you know like a j-lo no not even j-lo because i don't think j-lo's ever referenced herself as a um afro latina um even though she has some very afro features we're not gonna say nothing but um no like okay like cardi and evelyn lozada Okay, Evelyn, she she never referred to herself as Afro-Latina. And she used it when she was coming at OG about being ugly. She only called OG ugly because of her very, very detailed black features. You know, her big lips, dark skin, her hair texture. That's what she was coming for when she was coming for OG. I mean, OG can't dress, but... You know, that don't equal ugly. That just means you can't dress. But when she called OG ugly, that's what she was coming from. Oh, what do you mean? And then, you know, OG had a, a right to be upset about, you know, Evelyn saying nigga. Like, no, you don't live this pain. So you don't get to reclaim a word that you've never had the burden of being harassed with. And that, matter of fact, let's touch on that for a second. The word nigga. Nigga, nigger, anything. No one else, we, we, we say that no one else can say it. And rightfully so. And I'm going to compare it to this. A woman being called a bitch. We call each other bitches all the time, but let a man call us a bitch. Oh, he about to get a mouthful, probably a slap across the face, right? Well, I don't believe in hitting men because men are stronger than us. Um, but I will talk to a man and hit him if I'm threatened, like if he physically threatens me. But, you know, anyway, another topic. But a man can't call us a bitch. 
because he's not a female. He hasn't had to take back that word that was used against him. That is the same idea and logic behind you not being able to say the word nigga, even though we use the word like it's going out of style. You haven't had to be called a nigga as an insult or a nigga to, to make you feel less than. Okay, well, insult, same difference. Um, You don't know the pain of the word to try to reclaim it and use it in a fun way. It's not your word. It started off as a racist motherfucking word and we took it and used it as a term of endearment. Or sometimes we use it as insults towards each other, which I don't agree with. Um, But... Using it however the fuck we wish is our prerogative because that word wasn't used to you, Miss Evelyn Lozada, to describe who you are. No, they probably use another racial slur and, and, and racial slurs that we don't use. We don't use other ethnic slurs. We don't use, you know, we don't use without without penalty. What I'm saying is if we use another racial, racial slur, it's wrong. I would never say, you know, the Hispanic racial slur, the Italian racial slurs. Like, there's a bunch of racial slurs. I won't go through them because I don't use those terms, period. Those are not my terms to use. Those are not my terms to reclaim. And that is why you cannot use and reclaim the word nigga. Because you did not have to suffer with the word nigga. Period. I'm off of that. Anyway, so yeah, um, Molly was like, y'all always want to be people of color when it benefits you. That's how it goes. And that's not, you know, that's, that's everybody. That's everybody. Every race wants to feel like, oh, well, my great, great, gram, 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 gram mom was black. So I know how it feels. No, the fuck you don't. Not if you're passing and no one has ever called you or stopped you or checked you for anything just because you're too dark. You know, I remember when we moved in a neighborhood that my mom moved into after I graduated from high, from high school. And this man, not a police officer, not on the homeowners association. He just, he says, hey, do y'all live around here where we're at the lake? The lake in the neighborhood. Now, we were one of the first families there. And I'm pretty sure that man wasn't there before us. And even if he was, it don't matter. Does give him the right. But he's like, do y'all live around here? We said, yeah. And he was like, can I see y'all's ID? Like, what? No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't see shit from me. And we sure didn't show him anything. Just like the people who would get mad when we would go into the pool or someone else would let us into the pool. Like, we forgot our key card, but they let us in. Whatever. Like, mind your fucking business, bitch. We're not doing anything wrong. You know, it it just is what it is. It just is what it is, and it bothers me. You know, that people try to invalidate our struggles. And I never try to invalidate anyone else's struggle. And fully aware, I fully acknowledge that other races have their own struggles. They have their own racist struggles. Even some to where, you know, like a white woman moves into a black, uh, you know, predominantly black area and goes through things. I acknowledge that struggle. But don't bring up your struggle to try to invalidate my struggle. That's not what, that's what we're not going to do. Okay. All right. Back to topic. Um, yeah. So that trip kind of went sour real quick, but Andrew stood by Molly y'all. Andrew stood by Molly and I really loved it. Molly low key ended the argument with a fuck you to Andrew's brother brother. So that's going to come up as an issue later on. Um, and when she woke up alone, 
when she woke up alone, I was scared as hell. I was like, oh God, Andrew to left my baby. No, but Andrew was right there. Okay. Agent Bay was right there. He just let her sleep in a little bit. And that was so beautiful of him. He is going to prove to be very good to Molly if she don't fuck it up. Because Molly always fucks things up. And, 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 and let me touch here. Sometimes we feel like we have to be stronger than we really need to be when we don't. Initially, people would say the angry black woman, or, you know, and, and every time we have a justified right to be angry, we try to curve it. We try to, you know, we either get super angry because we're mad that we're getting angry or we try to hide our anger because we feel like we don't have a right to be angry because they always call us the angry black woman. Molly is one of those that gets super angry. Because she feels like she she victimizes herself and she and she just blows it all up. Now, mind you, her argument was definitely definitely valid, but I do need Molly to not ruin this relationship because I feel like Andrew's gonna do something that's not even connected to a race or anything. But he's gonna do something. She's gonna overthink it, like we women do. <laughs> she's gonna overthink it and fuck this up and I don't want her to fuck this up because I love Andrew he's such a good Asian bang okay and he's bringing Molly out and I live it and I hope it lasts now there were some notable appearances um Kyla Pratt in episode six she was the bachelorette that dined at Dash um like Kyla is so pretty I think she's gonna like always look young you know what I mean? And in episode seven, there was Kim Fields. She was the newly single divorcee on the plane that was um, that was like, oh, I'm divorced. Oh, this is day four of my singlehood. This is day seven, whatever. Then at the end of the damn episode, she was back with her ex-husband. Got on my damn nerves. She knows she loved that man. That's why she kept bringing it up. That's why I'm listening to me. When they bring up certain issues over and over about one person, it's like, girl, you're not done. Because when you're done, you're going to stop mentioning them. Like, when I kept mentioning my ex, my most recent ex, to my friends, they were like, yeah, she not over him. And they're right. I wasn't I wasn't over the situation. Like, I really feel like it was good while it was good, and it just went sour. So, I was a little hurt. Now, I don't give a shit. Um, Lawrence was in this episode, episode seven. He was in the airport. But did y'all peep? Let me, listen. Did y'all peep that he called somebody? Because I'm thinking it was uh, Condola. And at first I assumed it was Condola because who else would he call? But then I was like, wait, he just saw Molly. That could have triggered him to call Issa. Like, damn, I've been thinking about you, girl. And he wasn't thinking about nobody until he saw Molly. So I feel like, I don't know, I'm excited to see who it was that he called in next week's episode. And um, another thing I wanted y'all to peep is if you watch the credits, Jay Ellis, who plays Lawrence, got a director credit. I don't know if it was just for the episode or if he's been directing it. I normally don't look at the credits, but I looked at it, you know, I looked at them this time and I was like, look, Jay Ellis, director. Sir. Okay, I see you, Mr. Director. Go ahead. Go ahead, boo boo. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, like we are nearing the end of the seasons or the season and I don't know if it's going to last as long as I hope. I hope it makes it to 12 episodes, but y'all know they might stop it with the next episode being the finale. I don't see it. Oh, I don't see it lasting to 12. I'd be okay with 10, but I think it's going to be just eight. I don't know. I don't like this, but I know next season, since they've already gotten a renewal, they better make that shit pop and make it last period. An hour long. Okay. 43 minute long episodes with 12 episodes, period. That's all I want. That's all I need. All right. But um, we do have some music that I got from both episodes. Let me pull 
that up because these were songs I really liked. There was a song Paid in Full by Bosco. It was nice. It was nice. Uh, Hood Rat Shit by Megan The Stallion. Yes. I love Megan. She can do no wrong in my eyes. Except for kissing on G-Eazy in the middle of Black History Month. Girl, I'm just playing. I don't really care. Um, That Girl by Young Baby Tate. Young Baby Tate is... I kind of like her vibe a little bit. Just a little bit. I need to see what more she does. But you know she was in that stupid boy think that I need him. That song? Like, that was my shit. I like that. Um, she was featured in that with... I forgot the, the regular chick's name. But, yeah. Um, there was Soul Food by Greeno and Kenny Beats featuring Buddy. There was Salsa by Nina Dios. And those were the songs. So, let me run back through them. Salsa by Nina Dios. Um, Soul Food by Greedo and Kenny Beats featuring Buddy. Uh, that Girl by Young Baby Tate. Hood Ratchet by Megan Thee Stallion. And Paid in Full by Bosco. Now, y'all... I really need to go eat breakfast. You know what I mean? So I'm about to go ahead and cook some food. You know what I'm saying? Um, y'all just remember, y'all need to y'all need to just fulfill your patriotic duty. That's what we we're talking about at the beginning. For self-employed people like me that have been enjoying this little break, um, receiving unemployment due to the drop in business. Yeah, it's time. It's time, y'all. It's time to get back out there. Um I hope they edit the Heroes Act. To where it's beneficial for citizens, not just for the one-time payout, but going forward. Anyone that gets it needs to be taxpaying. That's how I feel. Um, if you don't agree with me, it that just is what it is. I'm just, y'all know, I'm just being real. Psst. Yo, yo, did you like this podcast? All right, cool, cool, cool. Look. This is what I need you to do. I just need you to share this. Like, share this episode. Share the whole podcast. Go ahead. Listen, listen. don't be selfish. Go ahead. Share the podcast. And watch everybody else enjoy it, too. <laughs>